bless you this morning, Lord. We welcome you with our praise, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. We bring you praises this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. In the middle of the storm, you are still God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. That's right. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Oh, I'm not a sea in the middle of a storm. Louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Open the eyes, death is defeated. The king is alive. Oh, louder and louder You're gonna hear my 
Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning, Father. We invite your presence here this morning, Lord, as we continue in worship, Lord. May your Holy Spirit be present, be here this morning, God, as we sing these words that are straight from you, Lord. We know, Lord, that when we come into contact with you, God, we are radiant and will never be ashamed. Lord, an encounter with the living God, an encounter with Jesus, we walk away changed. We can't deny it, Lord. Well, Lord, we want to taste and see that the Lord is good this morning. Inhabit our praises, God. We give it to you this morning, God. We worship your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I saw the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from every fear those who look on him are radiant they'll never be ashamed they'll never be ashamed this poor man cried Lord heard me and saved me from my enemy. Thank you, Lord. The Son of God surrounds his saints. He will deliver them. He will deliver them. Magnify. Magnify. Bless the Lord every day and night. Sing it with me. Let us bless the Lord every day and night. Never ending praise. May our incense rise. Let us bless the Lord every day and night. Come on. Never ending praise. Let us bless the Lord. Let us bless the Lord every day and night. Never ending praise. May I incense rise. Let us bless the Lord every day and night. Never ending praise. May His name together. 
exalt his name for it. Sing that again, just the voices. up your name this morning, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. We magnify you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, way maker, Lord, you are way maker, miracle work, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, way see it you working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you working and even when I don't feel it you working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop even when even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, you never stop waiting. That is who you are. 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 Go ahead and sit. How many like knock-knock jokes? <laughs> I turn to somebody, one of the kids, and say, knock-knock. Knock-knock. Who's there? Olive. I love you, too. How's that for an original joke? Um, we're going to do one more song before I speak. Because I want to drive, the message this morning is about love. Love's confused a lot of times. Love is a feeling, a many splendored thing, a warm puppy dog, a beautiful sunset. That's all kind of syrupy, drippy stuff. Love is so substantive, and God himself is love. And so um, Pat's going to, kids, I know you know this song. Get your parents to interact, okay? Because you, you do the song, and then the parents will be like this. And uh, we're going to do our, the banner over me is love. And what that means is that everything in your life, whether we know it or not, as a child of God, his love 
is over. So let's stand and do that. say something. They were, squint me seated. I just came up to Pat and I said, Pat, can you do the, your banner over? They didn't practice this, know they were going to do it. I didn't know. Hey, let's give them a real hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lindsay. Just amazing that their gifts and how flexible they are. The, um, Well, today's the big one, huh, for all the married folks? It's Valentine's Day. I started studying it, and I'm not going to go into a long rendition, but Valentinus, if you look it up in Wikipedia, which has to be right, um, he was martyred in the third century. And um, it really didn't become a romantic thing until around the 1500s. But it's a big deal all over the world now. And... Uh, you know, God is not opposed to romance, and God is not opposed to intimacy. He made it all for our goodness to honor Him. But what I want to talk about today, uh, very brief review, I've been talking about the Beatitudes, which, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are when all men say evil about you and you suffer persecution, consider yourself blessed. 
And I left out a couple there, but the issue on the Beatitudes is that the real blessing in God has nothing to do with your circumstances. Real blessing has nothing to do with your circumstances. Now, Kevin, that sounds like an oxymoron. It's like, well, wait a minute. If you mean if I'm broke and we're going down the tubes filing bankruptcy, uh, my wife's leaving me, my kids don't like me, I, the dog bit me, all of these things, well, I'm not blessed. But those are issues that w different people face at different levels in their life. But the ability to overcome those are tied to the Beatitudes and the blessedness that you stand before God. So Beatitudes have nothing to do with materialism. Uh, it has, they're timeless. And the good news is that Jesus knows our weaknesses. He never will leave or forsake. I told the Lord on the way to church today, this is Dudley and I's 49th Valentine's Day. And I said, uh, I was a very romantic. I gave her um, a waxed candle that looked like a um, hot fudge sundae with a thing coming out. I thought that was really a cool gift. <laughs> she, <laughs> that was 49 years ago. So you're looking at improvement here, guys. Talk to her afterwards what she got today. I've been trained. But we need God's love to love one another. You cannot truly love without the love of God. Working in your life in a real way. The only thing that's really going to transform any of us is Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am stubborn. I am a hard sell. I get my nose out of joint. I, you know, I get this, I get that. But when I yield to God and said, okay, you're God and I'm not, have your way, then something else happens in my life. I wrote down, does Jesus have the right to command you? Wait a minute now. Nobody tells me what to do. Yeah, I love God. I believe in God. Does Jesus have the right to tell you and I what to do? It wouldn't seem like it sometimes because he reveals so much of his directives to us through his word. So if the word says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, can see the hands of people in the room whose the sun went down on your anger at some point in your life? So I disobeyed. What's the antidote to that? Lord, forgive me for being hard and stubborn, and I get back on track. And his grace is sufficient. No different than a child that is not obeying you and you have to discipline them. You don't chuck them over the fence. You deal with them and bring them back. So why do we do what we do? What, what I'm saying is I know it's possible um, that what I know and what I'm walking in are two different things. If I gave a Bible study test here to most of you, some of you would probably get A's. You know, you'd know the answer about the saints, you'd know this, you'd know that. But the thing is that I... You, we, we can know something but not walk in it. And because we know it, we deceive ourselves that we're actually walking in it. And that's why so many times when you hear a sermon, oh, yeah, I've heard that. Oh, that's not new. Uh, yeah, I got it. But, but it's very basic and simple, but it's so important that what we know is what we do. Jesus began to both do and teach in Acts chapter 1. Uh, so, why do we do what we do? Cooper, first question. Why do we do what we do? Huh? Because. because. <laughs> uh, 
Curtis, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there, will there be sound? <laughs> why do we do what we do? If it's not out of love, then why are we doing it? Why are you killing yourself, beating yourself on the freeway, going through grinding your valves? I'm not saying just now, but your whole life. We've all worked hard to get some, but why are you doing it? I know we could come up with stewardship, responsibility, uh, honoring God, and those are all the right answers. But I think we need to ask ourselves if what we do is out of love. Am I a professor? out of love? Am I a pastor out of love? Did you know that it's easy, pretty easy for pastors not to love the congregation? Well, not in my case, of course, because I got blessed with a bunch of lovable people. But not all pastors get that. But it is. I've actually met pastors and friends that were going through it, and they said, I don't like my church. In fact, I hate this city. I said, well, let me get this straight. You're called to this church, you're supposed to be preaching the message of Christ, and you don't like them, and you don't like the city, and you're wondering why things aren't going so well. Yeah, because it was all, in that case, it was really this poor guy. The people were grumbling, and he, he had me review one of his sermons. He says, this is what I'm preaching, and yet they don't like it. I said, no, it's not the issue of what you're preaching. They don't like you. You understand? It's not your message. <laughs> they don't like you and you're, you're giving all this theological stuff something needs to change in your attitude towards them this is my commandment this is not a suggestion this is a command of Christ as much as the ten commandments that came down from Sinai that you love one another just as I have loved you Greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for, my friend, for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, this is a picture of Jesus being Lord over your life, not just a Savior that bails you out when you go south or something goes wrong. He is the Lord God Almighty that get, has the authority to command you to do this. Now, we honor the authorities in our government. The United States had the authority to get me in the military and send me overseas and uh, without me even necessarily having a vote on what the issues were, except at the ballot box. And, uh, but they never said I have to love. Did the government ever say you had to love the Iraqis? No. But this government did. The government of God says to love, he loves even evil and despiteful people. It says even these kinds of people he is kind to. It's because of the leanness of my love that some problems seem unsolvable. Remember, love covers a multitude of sins. It's like a blanket over us. God's love. We often do things just out of a sense of duty and routine, forgetting that his love is to be manifested through us. The key problem with most of us is that we want to be loved more than we want to love. Say it with me. I want to be loved more than I want to love. The reason we all get offended is somebody didn't love you right. Someone was not sensitive to you right. Someone uh, didn't pay enough attention to you, didn't do this and that. It's never, oh man, Lord, I'm in mourning because I haven't loved enough. I haven't cared enough. I haven't given enough. I haven't tried enough. It's because I don't think he cares. I don't think she cares. I need more love. Me, 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 me. Gimme, 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 gimme. Mm -mm. As Christians, it's get it out of you towards others. Got quiet. 
our focus needs tends to be self-centered rather than other-centered. And the issue is not just about loving your family. I mean, you can find it in Scripture and several. Even unbelievers do that. Even unbelievers are nice to people that are nice to them. But Christians go the second mile. Slapped on one cheek, turn the other. Given the coat, going another. It's analogous to we go farther because of the love of God that's in our heart. Just as Jesus went farther. So if I'm supposed to love you, Ryan, as Jesus loved me, tell me how Jesus has loved you. And you would get up here and talk about his forgiveness of sins and all he's done in your life. And yet I'm supposed to in some way, shape, or form love you that way to be like Christ. Oh, God, help me. Help all of us. Not that we've attained, yet we press on to the upward call. Let me say the great commandment is to know, love, and serve God with all my heart, strength, all my mind, uh, heart, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If anybody ever asks you, kid, young men, young girls, what's the purpose of life? To know, love, and serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's interesting that that was asked of Jesus in Matthew 22. He says, what's the greatest commandment? And the first thing out of Jesus' mouth is, you shall love. He didn't say go on a pilgrimage. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. Never gloss over that. After all these years, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of that statement of loving him with my own heart, with all of it mind and strength. Religion without love is a cosmetic. It's like putting on facial, you know, whatever that, cos putting on cosmetics. <laughs> I don't have any, so that's why. Uh, religion is confining, it's legalistic, it's judgmental, and it's lifeless. There's a great imposter out there in the Christian world that's called looking like love. We can look like love. We can be chameleons and look like we love, but we don't. And if you catch that in yourself, for example, you're with someone and you're nice, and then when they leave, you're not so nice. I'm sure no one's ever said that. Quiet again. But the love needs to go deeper to love him with all our heart, the seat of our affections. Where our treasure is, is where our heart is. If he doesn't have our heart this morning, then you and I are just church people. You showed up for the, see some friends, hear a few songs and go home. I'm gonna read out a revelation. It's a warning to all of us, I think especially for people that have been Christians a long time, or like, you know, marriage is like Christ in the church. And so marriage can get stale after a long time. You know, it can be, uh, you know, you just, you stop working on it, you just, she does what she does, I do this, da, da, da. And that, and then in our walk with Christ, you had this very powerful encounter with the Lord. You said, if you can do anything with my life, take me. You've got me. And then we, what? It gets stale. It gets stiff. And God knows that. So we constantly have to come back. There's a reason why manna was given every day to get the bread. We can't go on yesterday's revelation or yesterday's sermon or yesterday's whatever. We have to walk with him in a daily way. In Revelation 3.14, it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Can I get a hallelujah? No hallelujahs on that. Okay. 
He could have done a different, I don't like the word uh, spew sounds much better, doesn't it? Spew you out of your mouth. Because you say, this is why, because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have, no, have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise for you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and the eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Hmm. In other words, the free pass. He's working in your life through your circumstances, through your relationships. He is reproving us, reproving the right way to go. He's disciplined us. He said, be therefore zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to, into him and dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also came and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's a powerful thing that the Laodicean church was, apparently they were fairly wealthy. Laodicea was a, a well-known merchant center, kind of like Milan and, you know, for uh, in, uh, Italy or... And they had things, but they were wretched and naked. And he was trying to bring them back. Another part of, he reproves another one of the church, says, I have this against you. Even though you've been faithful, you've left your first love. The first love is that relational dynamic. So let's make it real with like a husband. Suppose you leave your love for your wife, but you do your duty to your wife. You work, you provide. Um, before COVID, you used to take her to a movie. Uh, you did things like that. And so you're doing the husband thing, like Christ in the church. So we can do church, even a readings and things like that, but it has to be born out of love. He says with all our soul as well. That's our emotions and our temperament. Um, when, you got, when we did the fourth song today and we started singing the banner, we got into your emotions a little bit. And you, you, know, you started, you were smiling more. You enjoyed this song. You were interacting in a certain way. And um, so you were, your soul was actually involved in this. And you were enjoying it. You were loving God as you sang through your soul. And with all your mind, um, the mind is not the enemy of faith. Some people said, you know, God says it, that settles it, it's all that matters. People said, I just believe what's in the Bible. Well, do you read it? No, I just believe it. And do you live it? Well, how can you live it if you don't know it? So when <clears throat> the next time you get in a real jam, do your best, like say you're angry, say you're bitter, say you're uh, confused, say you're... Um, feeling hopeless, any of those things. If you will be faithful to look for God's answer in his word, you will find it. And sometimes if you're way, way down, you can't get there, me or someone else will come and help you get there. All your mind. If you're a Christian, you're learning the whole day. I'm still learning. I've been to regular schools and all of that, grad school, I've, and you don't graduate and stop learning. You're always learning more about the Lord, the unsearchable riches of life. So that's a commandment to love him with my mind. He gives each of us a mind. And so if you study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, accurately dividing the word of truth, you're pleasing God. But if you leave it up to the pros, you know, the Bible teacher at Crane or the pastor, you've got to be the one to do it. That's an amen. amen. Okay, we had no hallelujahs yet, but we'll get there. As soon as I get off all this personal stuff, we'll be good. Uh, the second commandment, and with all our strength, by the way, that's our body. Our, our treasure is in an earthen vessel. So a lot of times, 
you and I don't want to do something because our body tells us something else, but we do it um, anyway because it's, a, it's an act of worship and love to him. The second is a lot like the first commandment, and that is to love our neighbor as ourself. And to me, that's only possible if I get the first commandment right, to love God with all my heart, mind, soul. If I can do that, then I have this amazing grace for you, and you have this amazing grace for me. But if we just try to love our neighbor as ourselves, we might get halfway down the road, but it's not the same as what Jesus is talking about here in the second part of the great commandment. Loving God and loving our neighbor is forever intertwined. Loving our neighbor is an expression of love and obedience to our Lord and Savior. In 1 John, he says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Hmm. I hate it when the Bible's so blunt because it's a, such a, it's, a, it's a book all about love. It's all about, the Bible's all about love, right? You're, we're, I am a liar if I hate someone today. And he says, goes further, he says, for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And the commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. This new commandment is to love one another as he has loved us. It's not new because 3,000 years ago it says to love your neighbor as yourself in Deuteronomy. But what was new was for me to love you as Christ has loved me. And that, to me, means I got a lot of work to do. Maybe a few of us out there do as well. He's loved us with an everlasting love from the very beginning. Through all the pains and anguish of life that you've experienced and I've been experienced, he's been there every single day, whether you acknowledged it or not. He was there in your worst time that you don't even, you don't even like thinking about. Why didn't he stop it then? Well, because he gave you free will and we live in a lost and dying world. But he's always been there for you and he always will be. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He never lies. He never breaks a promise. He'll never reject you or abandon you. Some have suffered rejection and abandonment at the hands of men. But God will never do that. He loves me and knows me better than I know myself. He loves each one of us and knows us better than we know ourselves. He also created us and he gave us life. The only reason we're here is because he knew you before the foundations of the earth. And the mystery of his will and the sovereignty of God, you're here. By the way, for 2021, you were made for COVID. Say that with me, will you? I was made for COVID. Now, that was really, really weak. <laughs> I, you were picked, handpicked for this generation. Hey, I was picked to watch hundreds of thousands of people rush the Pentagon back in the 60s and 70s. I was picked to see all the academic institutions in this country in the Ivy League and see the offices stormed by radicals. I was picked for the generation of the most unpopular war in history of, of our country. But I was made for it because he puts you here now. And we are to be overcomers. And if you're an overcomer, you've got a word of hope and love to those around you rather than a complaint of how bad things are. He's provided for us your entire day. You may have missed a meal here and there, maybe. Doubtful, though. He has put a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food in your belly, loved ones around you, 
ever since I was born. I was a little baby. I was a bad baby. I used to spit my oatmeal out, my mom said in her face, until my cheeks would get full, and then I'd spit it back. That's not lovable. But he was providing for me, and she was feeding me, even despite my attitude. As Matt said so well last week, we deserve nothing. But a lot of our conflict is around what we deserve. I deserve better. I'm not putting up with this. I deserve more. Come on. I, next time, try. I deserve nothing. <laughs> I am lost and dead and buried in my sins and trespasses. I'm a wretch. Oh, who can free me from this law of sin and death? Thanks be to God. We deserve nothing, but he gives us everything. Anything good you have in your life, anything of any real value that has eternal significance comes from God Almighty. Everything else will be gone. The only thing you're taking forward is whatever he's put into this vessel in this life. Love is the eternal perpetual grace. Well, fired up about love. Love, love, love. I just love you. Love is, uh, please hear it in the serious vein that love is a very masculine, godly characteristic. It's a very feminine characteristic. And we confuse love with philosophy, all the isms that are out there competing for control. But love is, is God himself. In fact, in John, uh, 1 John 4, he says, God is love. God is love. That's not just uh, one of his attributes. Let's stand. In Corinthians, it says, love never fails. I can tell you, as you could tell me, where it says love never fails, you and I have, have really tried to love in a certain situation, and we got smacked and hurt. And our interpretation of that is, I've tried, I've done this, and... It's just not working. I failed. But what I stand on is that love never fails because even if that person doesn't respond to me, there's something worked deeper into me to love someone that's not loving me back. You see that? Noah, do you get it? Say it with me. Love someone without them loving me back. Well, what's in it for you? If you do that, then... There's no bennies except this one, right? So see how great the love of the Father has bestowed upon us. Peter says, above all, be fervent in love, for love covers a multitude of sins. He tells us to fervently love one another from the heart. In Hebrews, it says, let the love of the brethren continue because it can discontinue. So many churches get torn apart. And if you get to the core of it, it's a lack of love. Put on love, the perfect bond of unity. Husbands, love your wives. Don't be embittered. Ladies, encourage young women to love their husbands and love their children. And then Jesus says, that they all may be one, even as we are one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And they'll know this by their love one for another. God will never love you more than he does right now. You're not supposed to climb a mountain on your back and do some kind of penance. And then God says, now I love you. 
In fact, he doesn't love you more now than when you were in the worst place of your life. He put his love on you while you were yet a sinner and transferred you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of love, light. So here we are. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'll take these words and help us that it wouldn't be just a slogan or a, or a picture on the wall in our house that about faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love, and yet real love in you is a long ways away. I pray that we will extend our love if we're an engineer, if we're a professor, if we're a contractor, if we're a homemaker, Lord, if we're a business person or a business woman that, or man, if we're involved in ministry to people in different ways, Lord, like Christian ministry, we all are involved in that, but just as a pastor, that whatever I do would be out of love, Lord, that you'd help me with that and help all of us. So we commit that to you this Valentine's Day. We thank you, Lord. There'll be a lot of hearts floating around and uh, what the world talks about. But our, with you, Lord, it is that we love you. Lord, I hope and pray that you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt because we do confess this morning that we fall very short in our love we fall short in our devotion. We get sidetracked. But we stand in faith this morning, knowing that you love us, will never leave us, and you have a purpose for us beyond our own abilities. Help us to yield to that. And everyone said, Amen.
Lucy's going to pray a benediction. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day. I pray that we can have a great Valentine's Day, and I pray that everybody will be blessed by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lucy. We're dismissed. I'm not